The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Delta Airlines, the commercial airline the U.S. military trusts to perform maintenance on its aircraft. Learn more at deltatakingaction.com. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, October 26th. In today's news, President Trump considers closing the southern border to asylum seekers. CIA Director Gina Haspel briefs the president on her trip to investigate Jamal Khashoggi's death. And the discovery of more pipe bombs, plus several false alarms, intensifies the search for the culprit. But first, the big idea. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has begun telling associates that Republicans are in a strong position not only to hold the Senate, but to pad their narrow 51 to 49 advantage by a couple of seats, though he's avoiding precise predictions. This optimism marks a shift from early September, when officials were fretting over struggling candidates and contemplating the possibility of losing both chambers of Congress. Although Republicans still feel like underdogs to hold the House amid anger with Trump, especially in the suburbs, they believe they've energized enough voters in Trump-friendly regions to keep the Senate, thanks to an uptick in the president's popularity and GOP energy surrounding the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh after he was accused of sexual assault. Sean Sullivan, who covers Senate races for us, has been talking with all the operatives in D.C. and the top states. He says Republicans are well-positioned to pick up a seat in North Dakota, where Heidi Heitkamp is vulnerable, and they're closing in on another one in Missouri, where polls show a close race and Democrat Claire McCaskill in trouble. But Republican struggles in the upper Midwest and fresh worries about Florida raise questions about just how many more seats they could add. GOP strategists also think they've gained the advantage in Texas and Tennessee, two red states that were causing nervousness a few weeks ago. Nevada and Arizona, which they're also defending, are still vulnerable because of large Latino populations, but they're winnable. In West Virginia, a state that Trump won by 42 percentage points, GOP leaders say they're not optimistic about being able to defeat Democratic Senator Joe Manchin. He was the only member of the party to vote for Kavanaugh. A couple of other contests have attracted big spending from outside groups in the closing weeks, but they aren't necessarily going to flip. In Montana, for example, Republicans have still not given up on unseating Democratic Senator John Tester, though public polls show him leading. In New Jersey, a national Democratic super PAC has been forced to spend millions in the last few days defending Senator Robert Menendez, the Democrat there who was not convicted after being charged of corruption in a trial last year. Menendez is favored to win re-election, but he's facing a wealthy former pharmaceutical executive who's been willing to pour in tens of millions of his own money on attack ads. Speaking of drug companies, Trump outlined a plan yesterday, time to coincide with the upcoming elections, about how he's going to try to reduce prescription drug prices. Mindful of the GOP's image problems on health care and He knows Republicans are getting just hammered every day over pre-existing conditions. The president said in a speech at HHS headquarters that his administration will allow Medicare to begin directly negotiating prices with drug companies. He called this a revolutionary step. The president's political team is trying to figure out how best to use him in the last two weeks. They are remaining more flexible than usual on his schedule because they're trying to see how polling, early voting, and other data shakes out to identify the best Senate, House, and governor's races where he can maximize his impact. 
On Friday night, he'll hold a rally in Charlotte, and he plans at least 10 blowout rallies during the final six days of the campaign. That's a whirlwind pace. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar this Friday. Number one, Trump is seriously considering shutting the southern border to migrants, denying them a chance to apply for asylum in a strategy reminiscent of last year's travel ban. The White House is also preparing to deploy as many as 1,000 additional U.S. troops to assist in security operations at the southern border in anticipation of the arrival of the so-called migrant caravan. Under U.S. law, foreign nationals fleeing persecution have the right to apply for asylum once they reach American soil. But the executive order that's under consideration would suspend that provision of the law and bar Central Americans as a matter of national security. This would certainly trigger immediate legal challenges in federal courts. According to a draft of the proposed rule reviewed by the Washington Post, the administration argues that the president can use his authority to declare certain migrants ineligible for asylum because it would, quote, be contrary to the national interest and detrimental to the interests of the United States. It's the same legal authority Trump invoked during the travel ban. Several administration officials caution, though, that this proposal, which leaked to the Washington Post, is not yet finalized and it's one of several measures under consideration. Number two, CIA Director Gina Haspel briefed the president in the Oval Office yesterday on the audio recording that she heard while visiting Turkey that purportedly captured the death of journalist Jamal Khashoggi as the Saudi government acknowledged for the first time that his killing was indeed, quote, premeditated. The recording is the central piece of evidence that Turkey has used to assert that the killing was planned in advance. After listening to it and talking with Turkish officials, Hespel flew back to D.C. The White House declined to provide any details of her Thursday briefing, saying only that she informed the president of her findings and discussions. Meanwhile, a new Daily Beast story out today says that special counsel Bob Mueller's investigators have been examining a series of January 2017 meetings between Michael Flynn, who went on to become national security advisor, and Saudi General Ahmed al-Assiri. He's the intelligence chief in Riyadh who's been blamed for Khashoggi's killing. Apparently, Flynn and al-Assiri discussed regime change in Iran. These meetings have come under scrutiny by Mueller as part of a broader probe into the attempts by foreign governments to gain influence in the Trump campaign and White House. Number three, three more suspected pipe bombs addressed to Robert De Niro and Joe Biden were discovered on Thursday, intensifying the search for a serial bomber. One lead being pursued by investigators is that some of the devices may have been mailed from South Florida. But officials are cautious, and they're urging the public to call in with tips from anywhere and to report suspicious packages immediately. The packages that have arrived at Barack Obama's office, Hillary Clinton's office, CNN, they're similar, and they have many of the hallmarks of suspicious mail, including large block lettering and excessive postage aimed at making it harder to track. But the fact that none of these pipe bombs have detonated provides investigators with considerable evidence. Representative Maxine Waters issued a defiant statement after one of those bombs came to her congressional office in California. She said, quote, we must not be intimidated in the wake of such violent threats. And she added, 
I Ain't Scared. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, October 26th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. Stay safe. Have a good weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday.